You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. What's up, everybody? It's me, Alicia. I'm so glad you're joining me here on this first Monday of 2020. So maybe you're like me and you already have your word for 2020. Okay, you should probably have your word for 2020 because 2020 is already underway. Um, But I got my word and I want to share it with you. So the last two weeks of the year always leave people feeling reflective of the past and hopeful about the future. We view the new year and in this case, a new decade as a time for a fresh start and an opportunity to change things we need to change and grow into the people we want to be, the people that we know we can be. So if you're like me, this transformation is usually guided by a single word. Last year, my word was impact and It was an impactful year for sure, but this year, my word is excellence. Here's how I got it. A couple of weeks back, we switched cell phone carriers, and for some strange reason, my phone went bonkers, and it took three days to get it fixed. Um, I visited the old carrier twice, the new carrier four times at three different locations, the Apple store twice. And as you can imagine, it was extremely, extremely frustrating. I was driving all around town. I didn't have a backup phone. So both my business and personal communications were down. And I mean, I could still do things over Wi-Fi, but it was like I was not operating at full capacity. So when I say frustrated, I was frustrated. I had to make silly social media posts that I couldn't be reached. And by the time I did make those posts, people were already looking for me. They were wondering if I was mad at them or, you know, what if something had happened to me because I wasn't answering their texts or their calls. Um, and some people don't have my husband's number. So they were like legit worried something was going on with me. But no, I just I was having a cell phone manufacturer malfunction and again frustrating and what made it more frustrating was that it wasn't even my fault the reps at each location that I went to to their credit they did try to fix my problem they tried to troubleshoot what was going on with my phone but they gave up only after a little while and they all told me to either go back to a carrier that I'd already been to or to the Apple store that I'd already been to. And I had spent hours at these places in some cases waiting on the line with customer service um, that I could have called at home, but you know, whatever, (laughs) or, or having someone just go and look at the phone and, you know, take it to the back and bring it back out and, you know, just come out looking puzzled. Like, I don't know what's going on. You need to take it to, you know, name other place. So eventually I decided that it would probably be best if I just got a new phone. So I went to another carrier location and that is where I met Nikki. And when I say met, I mean the clouds parted and a beam of heavenly rays shone down on us. Like Nikki was, Nikki was excellent. 
Her customer service was on point. She was empathetic and she was actually like indignant on my behalf, asking why other reps at different locations would even do certain things. Um, She was determined to figure out a solution, determined to figure out a solution. She was patient. She was kind. Um, She was obviously consistent because it was clear that she had a reputation People will walk in the store and be greeted by other workers. And then they point and say, no, 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 I'm here to see Nikki. She would acknowledge those people by name or or with some form of familiarity when they came through the door. One customer came in needing something simple. So Nikki asked me if she could help her while we were on hold with guess who? Tech support. (laughs) And I said, sure. She got it done quickly. And as the other woman was leaving, so she helped the woman out. And she got it done quickly. And as the woman was leaving, she offered to buy Nikki dinner. Apparently, it was something that she did often. Another customer leaned into me and whispered, I would have left this company a long time ago if it wasn't for Nikki. Listen, Nikki is goals. Nikki is consistent. Nikki is knowledgeable. Nikki is caring. Nikki is committed. Nikki is excellent. She got me thinking about how I wanted my next phase to look, and it's just like that. It doesn't matter that she only works for a cell phone carrier, no shade or anything like that, no elitism. It doesn't matter that she only works for a cell phone carrier. Her character can be applied to any position, anywhere, and she would thrive. And going forward, I want to be as intentional about my character, about being excellent in the place where God calls me. This reminded me of Joseph in the Bible. So I read his story in Genesis looking for evidence and guidance on how to be excellent. But what I came out of that story with was that God's favor is what drove his success. He was excellent and had integrity. Yes. Like when Potiphar's wife tried to get him to sleep with her or how he was the one who had to give reports to his father about his brothers. All of that character stuff mattered. But the text was real clear to point out that God's favor mattered more. And that's what kept jumping out at me. That was what it was. It was the word favor. I set out to do all this studying around excellence and to prepare to be excellent. But if my goal is success, I should be seeking God's will, his way, his purpose for me and his righteousness. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? I anticipate that there are going to be places that I find myself that don't match my excellence, like how Joseph ended up in slavery and then in prison, but still killed it for his captors. They didn't have to worry about anything because he was excellent, but they prospered because he was favored. I want God's favor to be strong on my life like that. I feel like it is, though. God has prospered me and my family while I have been in some pretty dark places, even when I wasn't being excellent. But going into this new year, I want even more for the favor of God to be on my life because he is pleased with me, because he's pleased with my heart and my character. Part of that is not falling into the old habits of doing instead of being. Listen, I've had my share of mountaintop experiences in the past because of my excellence. I found myself in leadership. I was high achieving. I was high school salutatorian. I attended one of the best universities in the world, the University of Michigan, Go Blue. Um, I was captain of the cheerleading team, captain of my dance team in college. You know, I was um, an actor. I did all these different things. I just was doing, doing, doing. I was going, going, going. I held down more than one job at once. I worked for the government. I started a business like I've been an achiever. 
being an achiever requires that you have some level of excellence. But at some point, excellence and achievement and accomplishments became my identity. And when I could not do and be recognized for that doing, I didn't know how to be. I didn't know who I was. Now I do. And I feel like God revealed that piece about favor to me so that I am reminded to seek him to let excellence be a character trait, not an identity to keep things in perspective. And if you're like me and you're a recovering perfectionist, that's something that you need to hear, too, that even as you're seeking to do better, to be successful, to be excellence, those are all character traits. They are not your identity, because if you put all of your identity eggs in those baskets and they are no longer achievable, (laughs) then you're going to find yourself having an identity crisis. So. Yeah, that's that. I'm going to leave a great article in the show notes that explains God's favor and gives ideas on how we can get it. And with the rest of the time I have today, I want to break down what excellence will look like in action for me. For everything I want to do in 2020, I want to outline them with these four steps to excellence. And they are preparation, planning, execution, and consistency. Each of these things, preparation, planning, execution, and consistency allows me to push past something that has hindered me in the last couple of years from doing things in excellence. So let's talk about it. By preparing, I push past ignorance and surprises and a lack of confidence because preparation is the epitome of saying, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Already, if you're prepared, you won't miss great opportunities that arise seemingly out of nowhere. And by educating yourself and practicing your skills, you can push past the imposter syndrome and feelings of inadequacy. That's preparation so that you don't sabotage yourself when something pops up, thinking that you might not be able to accomplish what it is that you're being given the opportunity to accomplish because you'll have confidence in your skill set. You'll be confident in your preparedness to accept the mission at hand. By planning, I push past restlessness and overwhelm. Because through planning, you can create direction and a path to accomplish the vision. You can have multiple plans, ones that come with experience, so that when problems arise, you're not overcome by them, but can respond in a calm and collective way. And when unexpected opportunities arise that are not good ones, but ones that will deter and derail you, you can evaluate them, weigh them against your your overall vision and confidently stick to the plan and easily decline with, you know, confidence and aplomb. By execution, I push past fear. The planning phase is fun. Vision casting is amazing. It's full of hope and imagination and happy feelings about what the end result will be. But excellence requires execution. Excellence requires execution. It requires moving forward on the journey with knowledge, full knowledge that there will be hills and valleys. The hills are exciting, but the valleys are dark with scary sounds and sharp white teeth glowing from the shadows. It can look like failure. No one shows up. No one buys anything. The project is not as good as you thought. It can look like rejection, people fading away, friendships and and relationships falling apart. You're reaching out to collaborate or to get to know someone and they don't even reply. They don't even act like you're on their level. They act like you're below them. Execution requires trust and belief. It requires hope that what you saw while planning can actually become the reality. When you're in those valleys, that execution will help you push through. It's doing the things 
that you don't feel like doing, right? Because it doesn't feel good when you're in a space where you're not sure, where you're not certain, where you're not experiencing happy feelings. But that execution, that determination to get to that vision is what will keep you pushing and looking like excellence. And lastly, consistency. Through consistency, you push past feelings, the feelings I was talking about. It's like overcoming the execution phase over and over again. Through consistency, you push past some habits and create new ones that your goals require of you. Consistency creates a lifestyle of excellence. It simply becomes what you do, not something that you have to strive for. My husband is an example of this. My husband is excellent in just basically everything. And I used to, I mean, like full disclosure, I used to be jealous of him because I'm highly competitive. And I hadn't been in many, many, if any relationships before where I was not like the excellent excellent one in the relationship. So I will oftentimes find myself feeling, you know, inadequate or feeling like I was competing with him because he just was just so naturally excellent. But I realize it's not natural. It's a decision that he gets up and makes every day to be the way that he is because of his integrity and because of the man that he wants to be. He sees that the consistent small habits add up to a full actual reality of a character type and because he does these little things every single day he becomes that person and that becomes his reputation just like Nikki you know just like me in times of old so preparation planning execution and consistency work in tandem like Captain Planet you have to let these powers combine to create a lifestyle of excellence and that my friends, is what I'll be working on for 2020. I'll also be working on seeking God so that favor and success can be added to my excellent actions. And I want to have a right heart while I'm doing it. I want to have the right motives. I want the right perspective because I really do not want to be in another wilderness season getting reprogrammed by God again anytime soon, for real. So are you like me? Do you have a word for 2020? Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson and let me know what word you chose and why. And in the meantime, happy new year. I pray that your year is blessed. It's prosperous, full of love and peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to continue to connect with you guys. I have some great topics coming up and I'll be here every Monday because this is a year of excellence and part of that excellence is consistency. So look out for maybe you're like me. And um, thanks for tuning in. Okay, bye-bye.